In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be discussing the draw against Napoli. We'll be previewing the match against Sampdoria, Hellas Verona, uh, this week's Moji, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on Sempre Inter. Attenzione, Ronaldo salta anche Marchegiani e mette dentro 3-0. Andiamo il principe. Entra in aria, è solo, è tiro, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol, è gol! Con Ronaldo a battere questo calcio di punizione molto lungo per Zamorano che gira bene al centro, attenzione, il destro, violentissimo! È lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti! La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter! L'Inter vince! E Dillo, campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! Campione d'Europa! I più forti! Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. Uh, I'm your host, Nima Tavaleirudsari. Uh, joining you on a Sunday, uh, which is quite unusual for us, as we always record usually on Mondays or Tuesdays. But given that Inter play against Hellas Verona on Tuesday, uh, as soon as on Tuesday, we decided to move things forward. Uh, and given Inter's performance, uh, I could speak about Inter uh, and that performance, especially defensively, every day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whenever you want. I'm joined today by our Mr. Positivity himself, uh, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. Hey, good evening. Hi, everyone. Uh, good to be on. Uh, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing great, man. It's uh, yeah. I mean, we 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 spoke about uh, in the last episode. We spoke about this being an important game, uh, much more so in terms of attitude, disposition, and performance than the actual result. And uh, you know, in my in my humble opinion, I don't I don't think it could have gone uh, much better than uh, in the 90 minutes we watched at uh, at São Paulo. So I'm really over the moon for another week running. Thank you, uh, thank you, Inter. Yes, thank you, Inter, indeed. And we're also joined by a uh, debutant, one of Sempre Inter's, uh, uh, one of Sempre Inter's uh, uh, staff writers. Uh, whether or not he's a Santon or a Balotelli uh, or, a <laughs> or, a, or a Bergomi, you'll be the judge of that. Welcome to the show, Mr. Rahul Sharma. Yo, 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 yo. Thanks for having me on. Humbled uh, and emotion. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, you were born in uh, you were born in Italy, or no? How was that? Mm, no, I was born in India, but um, I moved to Italy when I was two years old. Uh, near, near in Modena, if people know the small town of Modena, uh, and then yeah, just grew up there for ten, ten, eleven years, and fell in love with Inter thanks to the great R9 Ronaldo. And now living in England in humble Leicester, <laughs> the champions of England, <laughs> the champ- well, former, former champions, champions of England. Yes, and joining us uh, to discuss uh, this game is uh, the Napoli game is uh, the host and founder of the biggest English-speaking Napoli uh, podcast, uh, Sempre, I believe it's called. Welcome to Studio Inter, Mr. James McGee. How you doing, guys? We're doing well and good to have you on. Um, let's get into it. Um, 
Going into this game, I bet Napoli. You, you, as a Napoli fan, were you expecting Inter to get? Uh, were you expecting three points, and were you disappointed uh, with the draw uh, after the game you got? Um, okay, I'm going to go a little bit historical here because um, last week on on our show we had noticed a a creepy sort of trend in the fixtures dating back to the Scudetto season. So on weeks seven and eight, we played Roma away and Inter at home, and the results were 1-0 to Napoli away to Roma and 0-0 at the San Paolo against Inter. No way. And here way. we are. No yes, way. Yes, <laughs> uh, and here we are. It's almost, it's almost 31 years to the day the fixtures repeat themselves. So we go away to Roma, we win 1-0, and uh, myself and Rafa from from our show were talking, and him being Neapolitan, he's you know very superstitious, and he didn't want to believe it. And he said, "It's okay, we don't have to worry because next week against Inter, it will not be nil nil." <laughs> so, so su- suffice to say, when it finished nothing each, I think he was one very worried Neapolitan because you know <laughs> the, the whole the superstitious thing that kicks in. But the form we're in at home, you know, we we would expect to to get the three points, but. You know, into the start they've had to the season, you're like ourselves, you're unbeaten. Um, Spalletti has come in and he's he's certainly done a very good job with what he has. He's steadied the ship, he's made you more defensively solid. So I think we've seen the evidence of that. Both teams defensively looked very, very good. Um, you know, Gallardini for you guys, I thought he'd done really well carrying the ball out from the back. Uh, Valero done well getting forward as well and, and at the flip side although Candreva was getting forward and putting a lot of balls into the box um, from you know the, the right hand side it, it was food and drink to Koulibaly and Albiol so I think what we've seen was a, a very good tactical battle and I know you get people who will be quite down on you know Serie A and they, they stick to this kind of stereotype that it's defensive football and it's boring and you know you and I know that's not the case guys it's the league has come on leaps and bounds especially the last maybe two three years um, but I think what we've seen was Spalletti going to the San Paolo and he does have a good record against Napoli let's not forget that he seems to know how to set up against Sarri he did take Roma to the San Paolo last season early on and did beat us um, by was it three goals to one? So he knows how to play the San Paolo. He knows how to deal with Napoli. So he went there. He basically set out his stall and he said to Sari, Let, "Let's see what you've got." And and what ensued was a, a fantastic tactical battle where you know both teams could have snatched it. I mean, you, your goalkeeper Handanovic. I mean, the the one from um, Callihan and Mertens, the double save as good as that was. The one from Zielinski's volley. I mean. I, I was off my seat. I thought that was in. We've seen Zielinski hit these before numerous times and they flew in and Handanovic just decided, you know, it, it wasn't going to be our night. But I did expect the three points. I think expects a strong word. Um I think we had a good chance of it being at home. We are capable of beating anyone at home. However, you know, the, the draw, I think, on reflection of how both sides set up, I think it was a fair result. Uh, Mo, do you have anything you want to ask James? Uh, no, I mean, I, I wanted to ask him, uh, first of all, I want to know what that chant was in the beginning of the match, when the entire stadium was, was singing that, that one song. Do you know what that song is? Because it was creepy as, it was amazing, it was beautiful. I don't think there's, <laughs> like, when, when the San Paolo is packed and, and on form, I don't think there's any, any stadium that can compete to the atmosphere in, in, uh, in the entire Serie A. Do, 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 you know, do you know at all what that song was? I, 
didn't catch it whenever I tuned in. I literally got onto the TV right on kickoff, so I don't know okay. what it would have been. I didn't actually catch it, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know what it was. I have no idea what it was. But, but for like 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes of the match, they were ch- the whole stadium was really, really spooky. It's very, very cool. But um, that aside, I think um, uh, the, the one point I, I, I would like to make is I feel like when, when you're playing away um, in a stadium that is as, you know, as vibrant as the San Paolo as it was yesterday, or, uh, it's easy to, to, to disregard the away uh, away side's chances, and I think, especially in, at the end of the, towards the end of the first half, Inter had, you know, Reina made some crazy crazy saves, and I feel like these these chances against Reina were seem to be overlooked, and it's just uh, Handanovic's heroics that seem to be grabbing the headlights for the night. And I think, you know, if we're going to big up, you know, Inter's luck factor in terms of Handanovic saving. Uh, saving the point for Inter, I think the same can be uh, can be said of Reina for for Napoli, if not more so. Uh, and that's like n- not not a question, but like a like a small footnote to the, to the game that I would like to make. Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of shots on target, I mean, the in total attempts on goal, you know, it was thirteen to eleven in Napoli's favour, but you know, it was only four attempts on goal for Napoli and two on target for Inter so uh, you know and all of all six of those chances combined were saves you know I think that the closest we came to, to real danger was the one where I think it was Albiol managed to head it off the line I don't know if maybe had that taken a bounce it may have carried over the line just at the back post you know so yeah, I mean both goalkeepers did they did what they had to do I mean Reina had the save um, from Valero uh, at the end of the first half that, that ball seemed to take ages to drop you know, I think maybe he yeah. felt that as well. It was taking a while to come over his shoulder. He does get the kind of snapshot away and Reina turns it over the bar. And, but I think Handanovic rightly is, is taking the plaudits. I mean, he had fantastic saves against Milan last week as well. So, you know, he is, you need a strong goalkeeper to win the title. And, you know, Nima was on our show previous to, to recording this. And, you know, we, we were talking about that. You know, are you guys actually Scudetto challengers now? With a goalkeeper in the form that Handanovic is, you've got a fantastic base to build on. And with a Cardi up front now, Koulibaly and Albiol shuttled them fantastically well. But as we've seen against Milan, you give that guy a sniff of goal and, and he will take it. So, you know, Nima wasn't too too sure about you know the, the tag of Scudetto challengers. But hey, you're unbeaten to the start of the season as much as we are. So you're right up there. That's true, there we are. Um, uh, my only point regarding that is when in terms of Inter is the fact that I, I think that there, there is a big, there's a lack of depth in midfield um, in, 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 in the sense that I feel, and this being a new team and a new coach, I feel that there is there's still something lacking there. There are holes in Inter uh, which, you can, which, which teams can capitalize on. And I think we saw that against Milan, especially uh, against Napoli. I mean... There's nothing defensively. This was the best Inter performance since that semi-final uh, return leg against Barcelona in 2010. In my opinion, I think I think Inter were tactically brilliant. I think D'Ambrosio and Nagatomo were were did their played their best performances ever in an Inter shirt. Uh, Candreva and, and D'Ambrosio in particular seem to have 
you know, develop this understanding between them that has has uh, starting to to gain, work to both of their advantage. Um, Inter's midfield was spot on. I think Vecino looked 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 better than he's ever been been looking. Uh, so I'm very happy about how Inter def- defended as as a unit. I just don't think that when Inter Inter, the difference between Inter and, and Napoli and Inter and Juventus is that when, when Inter play against teams that park the bus the same way you could say Inter did, then, then Inter have a big problem uh, breaking that down, whereas Napoli score four goals and Juventus score six goals. That's the difference, I think, where, where that, which I think will spe- speaks to Juventus and, above all, Napoli's advantage in the race for the Scudetto. I just don't see Inter, Inter being there yet. I think Inter have, have a bit longer road to, to uh, have a longer path to walk down uh, before reaching that level, uh, whereas Napoli and Juventus are, are already there. Um, and, and that, to me, is the, is the biggest uh, difference. Uh, what about you, uh, Rahul, Mr. Debutant? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to ask, um, I think the biggest change with Napoli this season seems to be their mentality. I think they seem to have a big team mentality this year. Like, wherever they go, whether it's Man City or Roma, they, they, they go and impose their match, their game. They don't, they don't adapt to the team. They make the other team adapt to them. Yeah, the, the mentality switch, um, as we call it on our show, is for us it became apparent after the the Real Madrid game, the you know the, the two mm. legs against Real Madrid. It's almost as if people at the time when the draw was made said it was the worst possible draw for Napoli, which in terms of progression it was. However, yeah. in terms of learning, I think there was no better team for Napoli to learn from, and I think they did learn from it, and we've seen it, you know, from the run that we went on. You know, the rest of the season after Real Madrid, we did not lose a game at all. You know, that that whole run we went on domestically didn't lose a game. Kicked on from there, we went to the Olympico twice, went to San Siro. You know, got results. You know, and as you say, it is going there and imposing your style. You know, you you hit the nail on the head. You you go to a place and you make the opposition deal with you. You go there with the intention that we're going to play our game and you deal with us. We're not coming here to worry about you. And that is what your your Real Madrids and your Bayern Munichs, and I'm not saying for a second that we're up there with them, but to win domestic championships, you still have to have that kind of, as you say, mentality that you can go to the toughest grounds in your own country and impose your style. So I don't think it's just this season that we're seeing that. It definitely, from us watching from an Napoli perspective, we certainly noticed that you know towards the the, the, the kind of second half of the season after that Real Madrid tie. Okay. Yeah, definitely against Man City as well. So apart from the first sort of half an hour where you just weren't didn't turn up to the match, but the second half especially, I think I saw the stats that you had what sixty percent possession against Man City in the yeah. second half. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was there. I was there on Tuesday as well. I was. I managed to get a ticket in with the oh, nice. fans for that one. So, um, yeah, I was. At, obviously, the away fans were were right behind the goal where. We've seen the onslaught for the first, you know, 25 minutes, and we did ride a luck. De Bruyne hit the bar with a, a wonderful effort that he curled and hit the underside of the bar and, and came out just on the line. So we did ride a luck, but the, the the key for the second half changing was Alan coming on. You know that that was the big change. We did set up with a, a pretty second choice midfield. We had you know Hamšík in there with Diawara and Zielinski, mm-hmm. and it, it, it didn't work. So when Alan came on, you definitely seen that change as you know Hamshik had someone a bit more suitable round about him as well, who who knew 
who knew the system effectively, Diawara and Zelensky got overrun in midfield against Manchester City. They were totally bullied. Um, but when Alan came on, as you say, we, we kind of found our foot in a wee bit and Mertens misses a penalty right on half-time. You know, we have the chance with Hamishik that John Stones puts off the line. We get the penalty from Diawara. So you look at those kind of fine margins and you, you think we could have and probably should have snuck a point from that game and maybe even maybe just have, have snuck a 3-2-1. I agree with that. I thought I thought Napoli were brilliant, especially in the second half to come back from after being completely dominated the way you were and Mertens missing a penalty, the mental strength, exactly like you both said. But above all, the fact that to go to the to to um, the Etihad and play against the Guardiola team and completely outplay them the way you did, this Napoli, <laughs> this Napoli is really really good. Like I know that you you know you guys would prefer to have a squad that maybe you know big more players and and you feel that it's a little bit too thin in terms of width or breadth. But I I I I, I honestly think, and I've said this on this show many many times. I've said it on your show and other shows I've been on. I honestly think that this Napoli uh, plays the best football in Europe right now, and I'm including Real Madrid and Barcelona in that equation. I think when when you when you see that movement in midfield and the ball between them, the interchanges, the passes between them, the wingers, the way they get up, it's just it's it's gorgeous. Oh, it's breathtaking, isn't it? It's orgasmic. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, one really, word to describe it. No, yeah. It really is. It is orgasmic. Napoli do play orgasmic football. That, that ball that you see near those to Calleon behind the defense. Just, oh. oh, but what about Jorginho when he that first half? I mean, when he that when when he um, hit that ball to Hamšík, I think it was, or was yep. it Insignia? Or was it Hamšík? I can't remember. I think I think it was Hamšík. That that pass. I mean, I, I tweeted out that you know that that pass should be framed and hung in the Louvre for to be admired for the end of time <laughs> because I mean, and it's, it's and and. It's it's just time and time again. It's 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 these players. Um, it doesn't matter who it is. But I, I gotta say, I am in love with Jorginho. I I think Ventura is a is is an is an idiot. I don't understand how he's sunk <laughs> into the team. Are you kidding me? Like can you just imagine a midfield of De Rossi, Verratti, and Jorginho? That's that's World Cup winning class right there. Like yeah. that is a, that is a trio. That is a midfield trio that can win you the World Cup. There is so much talent, muscle physicality and intelligence in that midfield that what is he on about anyway um no so but do you i mean everyone is napoli is as i mean i i predicted them as winner of the Serie. i think a lot of people have i know as you said about napoli in neapolitan um superstition do you honestly <laughs> do you honestly think that you're not the favorites for the scudetto james um, I think with Juventus's, um, you know, history and and the experience that they've got, you know, having won what six in a row, so you've got to say that, you know, the experience of winning a title it breeds that kind of winning mentality. For for us, it's a case of how do our squad respond if we're still top of the table with maybe five six games to go, and Juventus and even yourselves are sitting maybe three four points back. You know, it's it's that that's the difference. Juventus have the players and the mentality to handle that pressure. You know, and, and as we were to get towards the end of the season, and if that situation was to unfold, then the the city would be fever pitch. It would be absolute chaos because, you know, as, as we've spoken about on on our show previously, all that is in Naples is just Maradona, Maradona. You know, those those two scudetti that were won 
back in the 80s it's the cling to that and to have modern day heroes to, to replicate that you know a whole new generation of heroes is is huge to that city so I think it's it's the mentality part which ties back to what I said before it's all well and good having a mentality switch after you've learned from playing like a Real Madrid style side but when it gets to the crunch and you've got four or five games to go you've got a narrow lead at the top of the table how how do the nerves settle? How how do the players handle that? Don't forget, these are a lot of players who haven't won anything major. You know, as great as the football as they play, there's there's no real copper, a couple maybe a Coppa Italia or a, or a Super Coppa aside for some of the players. There's there's no no kind of real champions in there. Whereas yes. Juventus have got champions in their locker room, which and it, you, you can't underestimate that. So in terms of the football we play, if you'd says to any Napoli fan when the season kicked off. Your first nine games, a quarter of the way into the season, you will be top of the table with 25 from 27 points. Of course we would take that. And that the reason for that is because we built on the momentum from last season. This is probably the first summer where we haven't went into a new campaign being rocked by you know, like a major loss. We've not lost a Cavani or a Lavezzi or a Higuain. We, the, the focus in the summer from De Laurentiis wasn't so much on recruitment but retaining the players that we had, you know, you know, encompassing that, capturing that, you know, consistency going forward, and the idea was to hit the ground running, and that's exactly what we've done. So, you know, it's it's a great start, but you know, it's you cannot discount what winning six league titles does for a, a squad and for a dressing room. But hey, we're where we are, and all we can do is hope that we build on it. I think it's crazy to think that it's like oh sorry. No, no, it's crazy to think that most of that team is like still from uh, the Benitez team. Absolutely. Yep, and, and we did speak about that on our show as well that Nima was just on, you know, um, it was Marco brought that up. This is very much maybe a, a couple of signings aside, is is very much, you know, Benitez squad. So it's yeah, the way they're playing is all down to Sari, you know, the the Cerismo system that they talk about, you know, the the great football and it's his coaching and his man management that has brought the best out of these players. But you, you look at guys that have come in that haven't done well, Valdafiore, you know, Tonelli who for whatever reason with Tonelli, whether it's fitness or that was a player who I really thought would come in and be possibly the natural successor to Albiol. And to see him that he trains alone, he just never seems to be fit. And someone who has a relationship with with Sari from a previous club, it does seem a bit bizarre. And you know, you've got guys like Grassi as well, who's went back to Atalanta on loan, stuff like that. Is a lot of the signings he makes, you know, maybe Hisai aside, they, they don't tend to work out too well. And I know Rogs came in, gets twenty minutes here and there. Adam Aunas is undergoing what they call the, the University of Sari. He has to prove that you know, he's he's got the, the mental and physical attributes to, to play a part in this side as more than just a bit part player. I think the only two from the midfield that guys that he's brought in, Zielinski and Diawara, are, are the two that really stand out. Zielinski looks every bit for me the, the natural heir to, to Hamshik's throne, which is, you know, big praise. But whenever he plays in place of Hamshik, I think he, he suffers when he plays alongside Hamshik. But when he plays instead of him, he's he's always done a really good shift. He's he's got that kind of typical that injury matches Hamshik in terms of you know trying to find the space in the little pockets moving forward. You know he'll run off, he'll make runs beyond the front three, links up well. So he's he's a great player. Diawara is 
possibly the natural heir to Jorginho, although all going well, Jorginho won't be going anywhere anytime soon. So, you know, it's it's all good in terms of, you know, squad for the midfield. We've got rotation options in the midfield. What, what worries me is that up front, we are very, very thin on the ground. Mm, that's true. I think there was a very interesting point you raised there about this summer being uh, that, that retaining players is just as important as buying players. I think if we put yep. that into an inter perspective, Perisic leaving and Perisic staying has made such of a difference. And a lot of people, a lot of the time, people forget how important it is to keep keep your biggest players when you want to win something. And Napoli didn't spend that much uh, this summer, and Inter didn't spend that spectacularly for other reasons. But look at the teams that are doing the best right now in the Serie A are Napoli and Inter. So I think that's uh, that's also something to, uh, for our listeners to maybe listen to when you talk about the transfer window. That players out, uh, the players out column is just as important as the players in the column. And some other team who bought a lot of players is not <laughs> doing so well. Uh, <laughs> Was God. waiting on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that red card today and Montella's uh, his Montella's press conferences today was. I mean, he was oh, nervous. Yeah. He was nervous today. He was he was very very nervous, and the way he talked and this this guy, he sounded he sounded to me that's a dead man walking. Yeah. Right. Um. What wh- wh- what do you say? What do you think then? Because we've all basically before the season we've all we all predicted that Napoli were going to win the scudetto. But what do you think, James? Do you think you guys will win the scudetto? This is the best opportunity that this set of players probably ever have and maybe ever will have because you know you guys are, will eventually come strong or stronger Milan I don't think can stay that mess for, for the foreseeable future I think their owners are going to have to, to make a change there whether it's Ancelotti who comes in or you know there's talk of Mazzari and I've seen a, a really bizarre link with Vino Gattuso apparently which I think <laughs> would be another absolute disastrous appointment but for you guys that would be great you would have a great laugh at that um, but you know I think this is this is absolutely the best chance that this group of players and possibly the only chance and I think that's why th- this season I think well, I don't really want to put myself in I'll get jinxed here this will be I'll be getting Shouted that on Twitter for for jinxing it, you know, the, all these superstitious Neapolitans. I put my put my, put my neck in the line. Will we win the title? I'm going to say yes, we will. Nice one, Be- nice one. I think I think that this is a year. I think that this group of players, it's the best opportunity that 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 they probably will ever get to win it. So yes, I think we will win it this year. Before we let you go, uh, if people want to get a hold of you on Twitter uh, and your show, sempre, where, where do they do? Where do they? What, what's your handle? Yeah, well, you can follow the the podcast at Sempre SSC Napoli, and you can catch myself on JR McGee. You know, got to find the middle initial in there somewhere because someone else had managed to take my very odd surname spelling and already had it, which was a bit annoying. Uh, you can catch the show uh, on semprepodcast.podbean.com, or if you've got any podcast app, whether it's on iOS or Android, you just type in Sempre in there, and you'll you'll find the show. Um, we've got one with Nima uh, going out later on this evening, so if you. Find Fancy hearing the companion part to this show, then you can certainly <laughs> check that out on there. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. Thank you so much for coming on, James, uh, and uh, best of luck. Rather Napoli than Juve, you know what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on. Ciao. 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 Yeah, Ciao. Great talking to you. Oh. Right. Um, looking at the... Um, looking at this game um, against Napoli, I, I, was, I was absolutely 
I, I, I haven't been this happy in a very long time watching Inter because I, I'm only conservative when it comes to football and I love watching a solid defense. Inter were sensational. It wasn't just Milan Skriniar, Nagatomo, D'Ambrosio. I mean, have they, 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 Nagatomo and D'Ambrosio played their best performances ever in an Inter shirt. What are we witnessing here? Are we, are we as everyone else except me seems to be? Or, I mean, are you guys on board with what everyone else is that this Inter is capable of winning the Scudetto? Because I'm still not convinced, but I'm very, very impressed. Mo? Well, you know uh, what I said last week when you spoke about this. I think it's. I don't think it's time. I don't think we should talk about this. There's no. There's no upside to talking about potentially challenging for the Scudetto. We definitely aren't in a position to challenge for the Scudetto. Remember, when we did the predictions for the, at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I said, like I, I don't like to predict individual positions, but I think one, two, three are going to be between Juve, Napoli, and Inter. But it depends on how their seasons pan out as well. It depends on, on their injuries. It depends on on what, where they, how far they progress in their respective Champions League campaigns, etc., etc. But on paper, it's Juve and Napoli, and then we're behind them. And then you know, there's like Roma, Lazio, and Milan, and the rest behind us, challenging for fourth. But um, can I mean, is it? Is it is it fathomable to imagine that this set of players under Spalletti can possibly win this, this Scudetto? Yeah, it could happen. And it would be, it could be well-deserved as well, but I don't think that's, I, I, like, it's not the time for it. The time for it is next season. The time for it is after we go through the January transfer window, after we have another full uh, summer mercato and preseason with Spalletti, after we, you know, identify the real gaps in our midfield and uh, find out, uh, you know, add depth to the squad, especially going forward. It's, it's then that, that we can say that we're, we're like, now we're coincidental Scudetto contenders. And we're not even, I mean, we're, it's, it's only nine games into the season. It, 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 it's nothing. Like we, we, like, we do this all the time. Under Mancini, we, 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 were, we, we were better off five, six match days further in, and still, you know, we managed to implode. So, I don't want to get too hyped up about anything. I don't want to sound like a, um, you know, like a, you know, a party pooper, you know, uh, rain, on the piss, uh, rain on the parade uh, kind of guy, but, you know, I don't think there's any benefit in, 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 in talking about this now. It's too soon. What do you think, Raul? Do you agree? Yeah, I agree totally. This. I don't want to be negative either, but I don't think um, we're, we're, we've got that material yet, but it's even even too early to judge. I don't want to be like Arsenal fans who start talking about the title <laughs> every year. <laughs> Next <then>. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well one, thing we, one thing we have uh, that, you know, one thing we don't have that they have is Arsene Wenger, and let's hope that never changes. <laughs> um, at, least, at least in terms of him coming to Inter, which was actually rumoured last summer. Uh, last, um, the summer before that, I was where I was. I, I I seriously said that if they get Arsene Wenger, I will never ever go to another Inter game again as long as he's there. Cause <laughs> I, nah, I, come on. Hey, look, Nima, we we survived. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Fatman. Uh, we we could survive uh, uh, Wenger. Matsari. So I, 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 no, Benitez. Oh, Benitez. Benitez. Oh, God. I did yeah, not Benitez. survive that. I did yeah, not survive no, no, that. Be- <laughs> be- 
I, I'd been making so much fun of Benitez all my life and my friend. Like I had, I had this WhatsApp BBM group back in the day with, with my footballing friends. <laughs> and they all knew, yeah, they all knew that I really hated Benitez. I was, I was always like, you know, making fun of him at every point in time. And then after Mourinho, after the, the highest of highs, like the best feeling I've ever had as an Inter fan, save maybe the day I heard that Ronaldo is coming to Inter from uh, Barca. Uh, then I hear that, you know, Mourinho, our God, is being replaced by Fat Man. It was just... That's exactly how I felt too. I've never liked him. And, and when I, yeah. I, I was against that appointment all, all, all through it. And I remember everyone... Some Inter yeah. fans were like, oh, come on, you know, he's our coach now. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't care if he's our coach. He's useless. And yeah. thank God he was, you know, he, he, he cost us the, he cost us the Serie A. He, he got, what was it, 63 muscle injuries in the first three months because of his <laughs> ridiculous set. I mean, he got, he, he took away, down, he took away, took down the photos of Mourinho holding the children. I mean, that was the biggest mistake he could have done, Moratti, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, it was, it was such a silly mistake to make right but, um, I, well, sorry I just want uh, one uh, footnote again uh, on, on that talk like I feel like the constant talk about hey are, are inter are inter scudetto contenders now hey are you scudetto like it takes away from the joy of the moment we're living a great moment we're playing fantastic football we just we just you know had a defensive masterclass against the most you know fluid attack in Europe and can we just enjoy it for what it is an amazing like game, you know, like run by a fantastic coach with a young and hungry and happy and, you know, gelling together squad that is playing good football together and seems to be enjoying, you know, like there's so much good good to be taking out of the game, like these like, last two or three games in like and of themselves. Like, you for know, example, like, for example, Samir Handanovic and his yeah, amazing yeah. saves. I mean, those... Those amazing saves that that he pulled off, that 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 miracle he did on Mertens, and Danilo D'Ambrosio has he? I mean, I've been very critical of him, and and Nagatomo. We've all everyone who has a pair of eyeballs has been critical of him, but I mean, Danilo D'Ambrosio is 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 in my opinion, he's he's been phenomenal this season, and yesterday uh, against Napoli or, or was was his best performance in a Minto shirt. What do you think, Raúl? Do you agree with that? Yeah, man, he's he's been really steady this season. There's not been like a bad performance I remember from him. He's been he's cut down on mistakes. He's he's become decent. He's got a good partnership with Kandreva. Like they get a, they seem to get along on and off the pitch, and that seems to show on the pitch as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been impressed with him this season, and like, he deserves to be in the Italy squad. Mm, I agree. I agree with that. Um, speaking of man of the matches, mine was—I uh, I mean, you couldn't choose anyone but Handanovic after what he did. But I—but I, I would have chosen if I could uh, Danilo D'Ambrosio because I thought I thought he was sensational. Um, uh, and uh, what, what about Mo? Who do you think the Sempre Inter.com readers voted as the man of the match? Uh, I don't think anyone in the world voted anyone but Handanovic uh, as man of the match, right? 66% voted for Handanovic, yeah. another blowout win. But who do you think came second, Raul? Second, I reckon, Skriniar. Absolutely right. 16.2% uh, was Mila Skriniar. And in third uh, was Antonio Candreva with 4.7%. And then, uh, then D'Ambrosio, 3.5%. Um, but uh, let's talk about Nagatomo. I want to hear, <laughs> hear what you guys think, because... 
are, do we, I mean, Dalbert is sitting on the bench. Uh, 20 million, maybe 30 million, uh, depending on add-ons, etc. But if Nagatomo continues to play like this, do we play Dalbert? What do you think, Raul? No, I reckon he's going to be safe for the Coppa Italia matches at this rate. <laughs> or unless Nagatomo gets suspended or injured, because I think, um, I was going to say Mazzari, then Spalletti. <laughs> <laughs> Spalletti seems to just have his 11 sorted now, and I don't think he's going to sway away from this starting 11. Hmm. But, but I mean, what, what I tweeted out that I think Spalletti, is, is, he's, not a, he's not a coach, he's a magician. How has mm-hmm. he got, because he's done what every single coach has failed to do. He's fa- I mean, Mazzari, all these players from Mazzari to Mancini to Pioli, all of them have tried to play D'Ambrosio and Nagatomo, and they've, uh, especially Nagatomo, and they've all been, they've all paid the ultimate price of being sacked. But this guy, but this time it seems that Nagatomo is, is actually, I mean, he was brilliant. He was one of the better players yesterday. What do you think, uh, uh, Mo? Well, let me start by saying I think Nagatomo's shit. So, like, <laughs> good start. Let, 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 let anything I say after this point be within that larger, framed within that larger bit of context, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I never liked this uh, talk of like, oh, we spent uh, this much on a player and uh, what a waste of money. And we could like hindsight is twenty twenty, you know. So, there, and we we don't and like we said, we've like we've repeated this very sentence so many times now. But it's still too soon. We're nine matches in. Dalbert is a young guy coming from a different league. And he, it, we all know, especially in defense, it takes a long time to adjust to the Syria, especially in a problem position, problematic position as uh, fullback. A. B. Nagatomo was very shit just last week in the derby. You know, he he was less shit than he was last season, but he still was very shit in the derby. So he's still he's still shit. Nagatomo had a great game against uh, Salah. Um, was it last season or the season before? Yeah, Roma, yeah. when he completely nullified Salah mm. on, the, on the Roma's right flank. So, and and we we've, we've said this before, like we we said this many times. So Nagatomo is defensively, you know, a defensive liability. He's his brain like goes into a low Earth orbit every uh, couple of matches, <laughs> and you know he has no clue where he is, and you know it's just it, it happens all the time. And then offensively, he. He, he can always, you know, his decision-making is quite poor. He holds up play. He goes for the back pass where he can pass the ball forward. But he's got attributes that are useful. You know, he, uh, we, 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 I always made that, uh, co- like, uh, comparison between him and Ranocchia. Ranocchia is a useless piece of shit. So <laughs> Nagatomo is shit, but wow. there is some... There is some value to be extracted from Why don't you say what you really think? Um, <laughs> don't hold back, Mo. <laughs> well, no, no, but, but <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's yeah, like you're the, absolutely right. You can't you can get... You, you, like, you know what you're getting with Nagatomo, and Spalletti seems to be doing well. Spalletti seems to be doing well uh, developing, developing him. And like I said before... Maybe it's due to the fact that Nagatomo now knows that his position is really up for competition now. He's not competing with Dodo or with, uh, I can't remember, with uh, Alvaro Pereira. 
Alvaro okay. Pereira or Erkin, Erkin or Erkin. Yeah, that was big competition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not competing with these losers. He's competing with a real left back now, and and he's got to up his game. So, I, you know, it, it's all good. It, at the end of the day, it's great for Inter. It doesn't matter who who it is in the starting eleven. If Nagatomo turns his life around and he's uh, you know he's got that one one and a half good seasons left in him for the for for the jersey. I'll take it, and I'll say, you know, thank you for your 10 years of service, and give him a golden watch. Well, Yo, did, but, you, uh, did you see when Nagatomo nutmegged Nangolan against Roma? That was like his, his greatest <laughs> moment ever. <laughs> YouTube uh, highlights. YouTube yeah. highlights. Right. Um, loop, before... loop it for two minutes. So. <laughs> no, I, I love these loops where they do it like for infinity, almost like 99,000. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Let's uh, before we we, we leave this we, we leave this match. Um, I want to give a share, plug a new piece, a new writer that we have on Semper Inter called uh, Youssef Amin uh, from your country, actually Egypt, Mo, uh, who's uh, starting to who's taken up from Thanos Khelas and will uh, do tactical analysis uh, of uh, Inter's matches after every game, starting tomorrow or when this is out, uh, it will already be out uh, with the Napoli uh, Inter. Uh, piece, uh, tactical analysis of that, so be sure to check that out. Right, uh, on Tuesday, as soon as Tuesday, we're playing at home against Sampdoria, a team who, if, if, who has one of the best coaches in the Serie A, who I think after, after, who's right up there in terms of quality with Simone Inzaghi, with Spalletti, etc., uh, because uh, it's Marco Giampaolo, and what, the work he's done with this fantastic Sampdoria, um, is, is truly remarkable, and they're a difficult team to play. So, and last week, Mo, you were this was the game you were worried about. So here it is. Thoughts? Yeah, I I, uh, I, I, I told you, you know, we spoke about this. It's it's not it's not the big games that worry me. It's the reaction to the big games. Whether we had if we had won, uh, lost, or whatever uh, against Napoli, it's it's what we do with that and. You know, there's so much mental preparation and, you know, a heightened state of uh, alert and the players are all focused for that Napoli game and they're, they've got like their, their tactical plan drilled in their minds by Spalletti. And you always worry, maybe after these games, is there this uh, feeling, especially after a decent result? I mean, it wasn't a win, but a point away is a, is a decent result by all means. And uh, maybe there might be this feeling of, you know, you know we've done we've done the tough bit. Let's let's take our foot off the gas a bit and, and against a team like Sampdoria, home or away, like you said, you know, Paulo's sides are very 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 tactically astute and they're there. They just they just won five nil, right? Uh, yeah, this, and they have yeah. they have one of my favorite players on there as well, Gianluca Caprari, who's anyone? Caprari, yeah, your 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 boy crush. Yes, yeah, my my boyfriend Gianluca Caprari. I. Ah, oh, but the kid can play. The kid can play, guys. I mean, yes. seriously, this this is a future international, uh, this Italian international. I'm telling you now, he's he's brilliant, and he scored he scored as well today, um, or yesterday actually. He scored in one of those goals. So no, um, I'm I'm really it's a trap, like uh, like Max, our good friend uh, Max says, uh, it's one of these trap games. You know, it's uh, it's it's these games that if we if we take three points off of Sampdoria, I'm you know. Now I'm, I'm I'm more and more convinced that the the work that Spalletti is doing is is you know can endure 
longer than just uh, one or two matches. You know, it's, it's it's part of a grander master plan. Well, what do you what do you think, Raúl? Are you do you agree with that analysis, or are you looking, or is in, do you think that Inter this is just something Inter should win? No, I completely agree because this is like where Inter in the past have fallen down in the big matches. Usually, as um, you said, um, you know the players are much more alert and ready, and then they might underestimate rivals like um, Sampdoria, smaller teams, so to say, and they have. Um, the better Zapata, Duvan. Yeah. Who he, I think that will be a good matchup against Skriniar. I want to see how how that plays out because he usually drifts off to the left, to the left hand side, towards Skriniar's side, or to the right hand side. So that will be a good matchup of beasts. Yeah, and we're talking beasts because Zapata yeah. is, a, is an animal and yeah. Skriniar is an animal. There, there is a. There's a risk for like a total nuclear meltdown on the San Siro pitch because though when those two go into a 50-50, it's gonna, someone's going to die. Like that's my spontaneous feeling. Someone <laughs> is going to get really, really hurt uh, really? When, when those two go up against each other. And, and Quagliarella always seems to turn it on when he's against Inter for some reason. But Quagliarella always is, I mean, he's been amazing this season generally and he's a great player. I mean, I think yeah. Mourinho, Mourinho talked about him saying that he wanted him at Inter and... Uh, something w- when he was at Inter and, and was one of his regrets of not having coached him. And, and I can understand that like, Qualiarella is class, in my opinion. No, they're a good mm-hmm. team. They're a very good team. And, they play attractive uh, football. They do. They certainly do. So if we were to predict this then, what, what, Rahul, yes, uh, as the debutant, you get, you get the honours. Prediction scorers. Ooh, uh, I'm going 3-1 Inter. Oh, okay. Who will score? Who will score? Mm. Mm. I reckon Zapata for Sampdoria and uh, Icardi and two from Perisic. Nice one. Mo, you've been dreading this. What is your uh, Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, a shitty 1-1 draw. Oh, you took the I words out of my mouth. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's a shitty one-one draw. I think it's. Uh, I think we're lucky that uh, the Verona game comes right after. Uh, like in, in terms of like the, uh, the 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 grand story of of the season, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I don't feel good about this game. I think it's a 1-1 draw. I think uh, maybe uh, we finally see uh, Joao Mario get on the score sheet. He almost <laughs> he almost uh, shot a decent shot against Napoli. <laughs> yeah, did you see that? Yeah, <laughs> it went faster than 10 miles an hour yeah. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't understand. How can he be so bad at shooting? He is a football player. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> baby steps, guys. Baby steps. <laughs> he's a pretty athletic guy as well. Like, he should have some decent yeah. power in those legs. So. It really, he is. I, I don't understand. It's like just whenever he wants to shoot, it's like watching a five-year-old kick. Like a mozzarella ball. comes out of his foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a mental thing. He, it's probably like, uh, you know, adrenaline, uh, whatever, nerves. It's become an issue. Perform Like uh, performance anxiety. Can't get it Premature. up. Premature. <laughs> no, but, yeah, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, let's let's <laughs> right. 
I think 1-1 one, one as well, and I think that uh, Caprari, speaking of premature ejaculation, um, I, I, think <laughs> will score. Um, uh, I, I think he'll score something beautiful that only he can do, and then I think also, uh, I think uh, Icardi will, will, will equalize, and then that's, that'll be it, because um, I have a feeling this is going to be exactly like the Bologna game away, um, yeah. because it's going to be difficult, because having played this, I mean, when you play Napoli, this Napoli, it takes a lot out of you to to be so concentrated and give that kind of a performance. To have to play only three days later again against a very good Samp side, that's gonna that's gonna be difficult. I think that's gonna hurt Inter, and that's why I think we'll draw. But as you alluded to, we do play, if not the worst, and one of the four or five worst teams in the Serie A. However, we do play them away at uh, in the. We do play them away uh, in Verona in one of the most uh, horrible stadiums I have ever visited in my life. I think it is the absolutely most horrible stadium I have ever visited in my life, the Stadio Bentegodi in Verona, against Hellas Verona, where we will be faced with one of my favorite players uh, from the Inter's Primavera, who is finally injury free and was turning it up in the Serie B last season. For Hellas Verona, Daniel Bessa, and a former striker of ours, Gianluca, uh, Gianpaolo Pazzini. Il Pazzo. Pazzo. <laughs> so, um, do you, I mean, when you guys talk about trap matches, this is for me a trap match. I, I mean, this is a match where Bessa has, has his best performance in the Serie A. <laughs> Pazzini scores a hat trick. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just see this, this going really tits up. And Churchy uh, remembers he used to play for AC. Yes, uh, you, you know what I mean. Like oh, that—that's when it's gonna go tits up, uh, and and when it's least expected to go tits up, that's when it's gonna go tits up, and and that's um, that's I'm that's what I'm afraid of. And we, if we were playing at home, I wouldn't be worried. I think we would have won quite easily. But away against Verona, and obviously there is a history of animosity between Inter's fans and uh, Hellas Verona's fans. Um, you, you've got the former the Gol del X factor. Um, I'm worried about this. What about, yeah. you? what about you? What do you think, Raul? Yeah, I'm worried more about this one than the Sampdoria one for some reason. I just mm. think, because I think they really underestimate this one because how bad form they are in. Um, yeah, just I think this one is the more tricky one compared to the Sampdoria one. Speaking of uh, being positive, are you, are you positive then, uh, Mo, to our negativity, to me and Rahul's yeah, no. negativity? For, for, uh, for uh, the, the Hellas game, I, I think I have uh, faith, in, uh, I have faith in, in, in the quality of, of both Spalletti and the, the, the players to be able to you know, overcome a typically provincial uh, uh, you know, showing from a, a very defensive side, you know, because that's, that's always how, that's how um, Hellas will always line up against Inter, regardless. It's going to be, you know, 11 men behind the ball, uh, super tight, uh, no space, fast break. And I think, I think we'll, we'll have, the, uh, we'll have the, 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 the quality to be able to force, force a, a result. It won't be pretty. Definitely, we're going, to, we're going to suffer. The, the, the goal is probably going to come in the last 20 minutes of the match, when, when you know, when they've started tiring and losing shape and uh, uh, and not being able to defend as well uh, as a unit. But I think eventually it'll be 
and I, I think that's a big difference between this season and, and last and the, one, uh, the previous one and the one before is that having Skriniar uh, and Miranda together rather than you know Murillo and Miranda uh, just gives you this extra bit of assurance that if you get you know counterattacked quite quickly by you know uh, one, two, three guys running with the ball, you have the quality in defense to be able to quash these uh, speedy counterattacks. Uh, and I think that's that's the biggest difference when I when I look at these games. Like this is why I I feel I feel confident. And I also think that especially if we don't get the result, we we don't get we don't take all three points against Andoya, then really there will be no underestimating the Hellas Verona match. There will be you know like strict. Not, not not instructions, but like awareness uh, from everyone traveling to uh, Verona that they need to come back with all three points, and, and and that's why I'm not I'm not as worried about it as much as I'm by the Sampdoria game, not 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 because we'll underestimate Sampdoria, but just because Sampdoria are good and the, the, the adrenaline the you know the adrenaline Ener- energy levels yeah, yeah. The energy levels. Uh, I mean, this is the most difficult game. Uh, Napoli away is the most difficult away game. And they, the put, they put in so much in the 90 minutes. Like, everyone everyone put in so much. Like, Kandrevak, what a beast. He was, yeah. he, was, he was completely drained when Cancelo yeah, yeah. was brought on. He could barely walk. He looked like he was going to fall asleep there and there. I, all of them. They played like fucking heroes. And, and, mm. and you know, it's, it's understandable that after these 90 minutes... And that, this comes after, you know, a very, very uh, euphoric uh, um, uh, derby win as well. So can they sustain the same level of intensity for a third match in, in what, 10 days? I don't know. That's, that, that, that for me is the biggest question. Well, that but, remains know, to be seen. That yeah. remains to be seen. Um, but if we uh, go to, um, if we focus a little bit more on Hellas, um, I mean, I saw Hellas play midweek against Benevento, and it must have been at home, and it must have been one of the most miserable matches I think I've ever seen in my life um, oh. in terms of quality. And we, there's been a lot of discussion between about this, the fact that the Serie A, the, the, that the top teams in the Serie A and the, maybe the, the top eight, nine teams in the Serie A are, are, are back to being at, uh, you know, have turned the current corner and raised their quality uh, uh, and are going uh, and would do well against uh, European counterparts in England and Spain, etc., etc., but that there is the shift and divide quality-wise between the top nine and the bottom nine, or uh, bottom 11, is, um, is much, much more bigger. Uh, do, you guys, do, you guys agree with, do you guys agree with this, Raul? I think, uh, I, I, like, I think it's uh, maybe 13 or... I, I wouldn't say, like, 9, 9 and 11. I think it's maybe, like... 13 and 7. Because, you know, uh, a match away against Bologna is no fun. Or Genoa, even, is no fun. Like, it's only when, when, you, got, when you get to the bottom four or five teams that, that uh, that's when the, the, the quality really, really tapers off. But, yeah, I, I definitely think that it's, the, the, the move is to, to bring it back to an 18-team 18, uh, 18, uh, Serie A. What about you? What do you think, Raul? Yeah, yeah I agree with the, both you and Mo. Um, there's definitely been a shift recently in terms of style of play as well. You see teams uh, much more attacking now. I feel you can see that in the amount of goals scored as well. 
in the last few match days, there's a lot been a lot more goals compared to previous seasons. And then you have teams like Atalanta who are going in Europe and making us proud uh, in Europe. And you have teams like Torino who have actually built up a pretty decent squad. If you see like their strike forces, it's actually a really good strike force with Niang, Liaic, um Iago Falke, um, Belotti. Belotti, of course, yeah. And then you have Bologna, they play good football. Kievo play good football, well, in a different way. Um, <laughs> oh, shout out to Pelicia, by the way. What a guy. <laughs> yeah, he's... he's, he's um, yeah, I agree. Pelicia. Uh, I watched a bit of the the Verona derby today. It wasn't the greatest match, but yeah, I got to see the 3-2 the goal from Pelicia. Some random-ass, uh, deflected, scoffed goal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay, well, that, 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 that's... Uh, that, that's you know that's also something to take into in consideration. Coming, Hellas being the traditionally the bigger brother in the in the in that city, and and now being the the smaller team uh, in terms of results uh, compared to Kievo, who's probably one of the most stable clubs in 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 in, in the world, to be honest, given their their um, uh, where they come from and 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 uh, their history. How do you think? I mean, are we talking? Do you think that this derby defeat will even put even more pressure on on Hellas, and that that could maybe work as an advantage for for Inter going into that game, Mo? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, e- everything is an advantage for Inter going into the game because the the more pressure there is on them, I I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I've said it before. I, I just I don't think it's. I think it's it's going to be a gritty. Ugly but very winnable game for Inter. That's, I think they're they're, they're so far behind. It's uh, yeah. I'm just happy that Inter get to rest five days. There's five or like six days between uh, the Sampdoria game and the Hellas game. I think Inter will need those six days to rest. Um, and hopefully, João <clears throat> Mario, as we spoke about last week, he was he got, he's, seems recovered from his tonsillitis. Uh, so he seems to be back. Um, so th- and that's good because we need to we need to offload that midfield because Borja Valero plays 60 minutes and that's about it. <laughs> he doesn't play for more than that. That's um, quite right. annoying, though. Yeah, isn't it? Like, but the thing is, like, I mean, I'm think I've thought about that. I wanted to, to discuss. That. I'm glad I'm glad we got into it. What do you guys make of that situation? Because I'm thinking so far, I don't care. Okay, he doesn't play for 90 minutes, but those 60 minutes he plays, he he's been fantastic. But. I mean, how how do we address that? Is that an issue, or or? But surely, a, a professional player should be able to, with the, with the preparation those guys do and the intensive intensive training sessions, he should be able to go for at least eighty minutes. Hmm. Where you can see this after like fifty five, sixty minutes, you can just see him just like <laughs> finished. He looks like I do when I walk up a bunch of flight of stairs like, <laughs> after I've been shopping. <laughs> No, but and, but I'm not an athlete, like you said. But I mean, but is it really a problem? I mean, isn't it important? I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, isn't it more important for him to get get the job done in 60 minutes, and then someone else can come and I don't know. That's why you have three substitutions. What do you what, what do you think, Mo? No, I, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with Rahul. Uh, as a professional player, you you should be expected to to last at least 90 percent of the match. But but also, you know, Spalletti's tactics and his style of play is nothing like, uh, 
you know, like anything that Valera's been used to before, not not under Paulo Sosa, not under Montella. So, and his age, at 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 his age as well. So it's understandable where he is. And again, you know, João Mario coming off the bench to replace Borja Valero is a good thing. You know, you you need that sometimes. Good that seems to, uh, to be the best way Jean Mario plays as well, off the bench. Yeah, because he's, he's disappointed uh, whenever he started a match, right? Hasn't he so far? Yeah. I mean, he, he does two great super sub uh, appearances, and then you think, you know, give him a start, and when he starts, he's just. It's not that he's he's shit, but he's just he he's nowhere as impactful as he is when he comes off the bench. He just yeah he doesn't he, he misses like something like a little bite in him like he just needs yeah, changing yeah. his mentality or something. Yeah. Well, which <clears throat> sorry. No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. No, um, I was gonna say um, I, I think that the issue with uh, with João Mario I agree with that but I'm thinking whether or not um, we sh- I don't know if he's a Spalletti player. There, I said it. This is something that's been gnawing inside of me, and I don't know if he's a Spalletti player. And the more I see, I, for me, he's more of a Mancini type of player. You know what I mean? Like he, that's the that's the kind of midfielders that Mancini would have loved to have. I don't see. My, uh, to me, he doesn't seem like a like, like the kind of midfielder. Gagliardini seems to me. Uh, Borcavalero, uh, Vecino. These are these are players that that suit a uh, that suit the kind of football Spalletti wants to play. I don't. I'm not sure about Joao Mario. What do you mm. guys make of that? What do you, Raul? Well, I, I remember at the beginning of the season, Spalletti said that it was sort of is one of his projects to see to sort of develop Joao Mario, like because they kept asking him about Nangolan, Nangolan at the start of the season, and he said, "Well, I have got Joao Mario here." So I don't know. I think he's still going to try and see what he can do. I think he's still going to play him, give him some starts. But this is definitely like his make-or-break season. What do you think, Mo? Yeah, no, I mean, it, like like you both said, it's it's clear that he's a work in progress for for Spalletti. I mean, there, there's no denying his his quality. Anyway, it's whether whether he can translate his attributes to uh, to suit uh, Spalletti's uh, tactics and vision. And yeah, exactly. like you said, that there's something there's something that's missing there. You know, um, he's he's neither he's neither you know offensive enough, nor is he uh, physical enough. So he's somewhere in between. And is that something that we need? You know, uh, in this Paletti midfield? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, he's a work in progress. And again. We we we've spoken we've mentioned Spalletti's player development uh, talents many many times before. If there's someone who's going to be able to transform this guy and and develop his career, it's it's probably Spalletti, you know. And, and uh, so let's see let's see. I'm excited to see I'm excited to see where where we go with him. And I say this, you know, as as a previous fan of Condogbia's, I would have loved. For Condorbias have stayed and seen what uh, what Spalletti could have done with him, because you know, as as you, uh, as I said many times before, I think there's a there was a really good you know midfielder in there, and the guy just his his, his head wasn't uh, screwed on right, and he left too early. But uh, I hope Romario uh, gives himself up to Spalletti, and then and we see some good development uh, towards the second uh, mm. half of the, the season. 
Kondogbia is showing it at Valencia at the moment. I was just I was just gonna say that I think Kondogbia is, is showing. It's what, a different story, man. You can't like you can't compare playing against Malaga or Ebar or Getafe. You know, like of course, yeah. <laughs> of course, they're gonna let him pick up the ball at his uh, at the edge of his box and you know run for sixty yards. You know, skipping past fifteen players uh, as he goes back. Yeah. And forth. You know, it's it's a different it's a different different league. Really? Well, are you are you? Do you mean that the Spanish league is more open than the Serie A? Whatever does whatever did you get that idea from? Um, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no. But uh, you're absolutely right. But he is turning it up, uh, and so is Murillo as well. And I think that um, Murillo was a player that I was expecting much more from. Uh, but this, the, you know, you 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 have to adapt to the league you're in. And Murillo yeah. never really was never really. Uh, I still think that he could have done something at fullback, but he wanted to play. He didn't want to play there, and, and they could cash in on him, so they did. Right, let's uh, let's predict the Hellas game. I'm going to say oh, 1-0, Icardi, 85th minute. Uh, what about you, Mo? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, you know, for the sake of uh, being different, I'll say 2-0, uh, you know, 82nd and then 88th. Uh, <laughs> uh, Icardi brace. One of them is a penalty. <laughs> penalty to break the deadlock and then uh, a last goal from open play. Nice one. What about you, Raul? What do you think? I'm going to say 1-1. Miranda scoring the last-minute equaliser. Ooh. Nice. And Pazzini scoring the first one, man. Yeah, yeah Pazzini <laughs> penalty. Giving us the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. Uh, it's on a Monday as well, the 30th. Um, that's why next uh, episode of Studente will be uh, recorded on just before Halloween. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of the 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 ghost of a, of, of a ex players <laughs> haunting us. Um, right? Um, yeah. No, no, nothing. Right. Okay. Right. Um, let's move on to the part of the show where we rip the piss out of, criticize heavily, and praise something or someone in the world of football. Starting with this week's frog, which will be presented by Mr. Raúl Sharma. So, Frog of the Week is uh, a Linter legend with one appearance for Inter, 27 appearances for Treviso, 18 for Pisa, and 227 appearances for some next club in Turin. It is the one and only Leonardo Bonucci, who managed to get a red card today against Genoa for elbowing someone in the face and leaving them with a bloody face. <laughs> Uh, it was uh, yeah. It was. Um, did you? Uh, I, I just recommend everyone to see it. Yeah, he doesn't do it on purpose. But the reason why, if he had done the, it on purpose, he would have been the moji of the week. But the fact that he's so uncontrolled and he, that everything he does is just so, is just so horribly unfortunate and uncontrolled. He's he he is the frog because he's doing Ranocchia. Yeah, he he, he looks like Ran, well, like Ranocchia did at Inter when uh, after. Um, after the 2012-2013 season, where everything that he did just went wrong, like everything he touched turns to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it does. Indeed, it does. Um, right, uh, let's uh, move on to something slightly more positive with this week's Morati, which will be presented by Master Mohamed Nasa. Oh my God, he is beautiful. He is beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, a lot, uh, again, once again, lots to choose from uh, for the Marathi of the week. Um, I just, you know, Spalletti, Vecino, you know, not, not uh, the, the, the straightforward men of the match. Uh, but for me, uh, it was Kriniar again. This guy is, I don't know what's up. Like, I haven't, I haven't been this excited about a, a, a defender, you know, just a def- watching a defender defend since, since maybe, uh, since maybe watching Nesta play in his prime or, uh, you know, he's he's physical he's fast distributes the ball well extremely well composed uh, yeah nothing nothing but fantastic things to say about the about the, the young man and to put it in stark contrast with uh this week's uh frog of the week it's it like <laughs> it, it couldn't be like you know a tale of two cities it couldn't be uh, couldn't be uh, more more clear like you know they the big marquee signing the proven winner the you know and then, highest paid uh, player in Serie A. Highest paid player in Serie A, etc. We could go on and on and on. And then, you know, uh, we get lowly uh, Milan Skriniar and, uh, you know, haha, what are you doing buying Skriniar for 20 million, etc., etc. And look at, look at what happens, you know. It's, uh, signing, so far, it's by, you know, by, by a long shot, he's been, uh, the signing of the season so far. So, uh, and, and his performance uh, on Saturday in, uh, in Naples was was another one of the one of those uh, very very impressive ones. Question for you two: Is Cristiano yeah. the new Mourinho? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, first of all uh, he comes from with Serie A experience, so mm-hmm. there there's there's that and. Uh, we, we, we've talked about this before. Murillo's impressive moments always seemed to be when he was making like very like these highly visible last ditch dramatic interventions. <laughs> Screener doesn't do this. He just bosses the bosses his his area. He's always very well composed. Like Murillo would slide in, you know, like a six yard slide, full stretch to. Take the ball off uh, the fullback's uh, legs right at the edge of the, pen- of the penalty area before he uh, before he crosses, you know, or cuts the ball back or whatever. That that, that was Murillo. Jumps and does a back back uh, back bicycle kick, and he was always doing these last minute interventions. And while they looked impressive and they were cool in the, to start off with, I think they 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 told the story of this guy is a reactionist rather than you know uh, a boss. In defense. What's impressed me the most about Skriniar is, is that, is the fact that he hasn't, he's rarely had to do that. He takes the ball off, he, he, he nicks the ball off, you know, an attacker's feet without the guy noticing, just like Nesta did. He's a surgeon. He really is a surgeon in defense, but not a surgeon. He's a, you know, like you mix Dwayne The Rock Johnson with like a, a surgeon, <laughs> you get Skriniar. He's very, very impressed. So I, I am. Um... Yeah, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I um, I was thinking. I mean, it's so funny you mentioned that, Raul, because I was thinking this the other day. Is but I wasn't thinking about Murillo. I was thinking, is this Martin Skertel version 2.0? Because I remember when Skertel came through in Liverpool, he was dubbed, oh, he's amazing, what a fantastic player, he was a fantastic defender. But then it turned out to be not so good. 
Um, but building on what Mo just said, I think his, 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 I mean, for the Slovakia national team, he's played in, the center, in, in midfield. His, his, he's really good with his feet. He's got good technique. He's strong as hell. His acceleration is his only weakness. He's, not, he's barely got any acceleration. He, he accelerates like a, like a tortoise. Uh, but he's fast once it once he gets going. Yeah. Um, but um, and he's and he's uh, but he I don't know I um, I, I I'd hope not. But I'm not really really willing to rule it out yet. Um, yeah, that's the only way. That's the only reason I compared it to Mourinho because I remember the first six months of Mourinho was quite impressive with him and Miranda, that partnership they built when we were first at Christmas, mm. and then afterwards he just I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, right, um, let's move on to something uh, slightly a little bit more negative. This week's Moji, which I'll be presenting myself. Um, we've talked about this uh, in part previous shows as the Moji of the Week, but I think that today Mr. Uh, Vincenzo Montella took, took his criticisms of the voir to a whole other level. Building on what your Frog of the Week was um, about how Bonucci was, uh, was unlucky or whatever he did. Or no, he wasn't unlucky. He elbowed someone in the face. The guy was bleeding. He looked, he looked absolutely... It was a clear red card if if the referee sees it because an elbow to the face is usually not allowed in football, at least. Um, but Montella's reasoning for why this was uh, this wasn't fair is really, really quite astounding. Um, it, it's 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 so uh, it's so stupid, in fact, that I have to. I have to actually quote it to you because I don't think I could do it justice, the sheer stupidity of it. Bonucci was higher up in the air than his opponent, so naturally his elbow was higher up too. <laughs> it's true that Bonucci hits his opponent, but he isn't looking to do it. The VAR is becoming more of a TV situation than an aid to decide issues on the pitch. This needs to be changed. In this case... Uh, you can see that the elbow was not intentional. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? The VAR is there to help the referee when the referee misses an important uh, situation, such as one guy elbowing another guy in the face. Therefore, there is no criticism of the VAR here. There's none to have. The VAR was, this is precisely why the VAR was introduced to help the referee when something has happened that he has missed. And to, to, for him to blame, which he did, uh, on his, the, the fact that Milan didn't win on VAR is, is not... We need a new word for pathetic. That's how, I, that's how, I, that's how it is. <laughs> because, you know, nobody forced you... It, you're the one who decides, sure, you know... The refereeing decisions were interisti. We were used to them going against us, but having them gone against you after having used technology is not the same as having a referee giving you giving a penalty against you, like against like against Inter for against Inter when Atalanta won at the San Siro when Zanetti came out and said they invented a penalty out of thin air. You know that's not the same thing, and to 
kind of equate and to and to kind of create this narrative about how the var the the, the var has become you know that the TV the, the TV is now the football matches are decided by TV replays and not on the pitch is really quite ludicrous. So for that ridiculous um, analysis, if we can quote call it that quote unquote. Mr. Vincenzo Montella, you are the Moji of the week. <laughs> right, um, that's all we have time for this week. I'd like to thank uh, our debutant, Mr. Raul Sharma. You, how was that? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was really enjoyable. Thanks for having me. I'd love to have you on more often. Uh, and also, as always, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. And uh, we won't be on until uh, we'll record next time after the Hellas game. Where we will have two games to talk about. It will be Sampdoria and Hellas. Uh, we'll, er, we'll record uh, uh, on Thursday, the 31st of... Uh, sorry, Tuesday, the 31st of October. Release it Wednesday, the 1st of November. So until then, happy Halloween. Uh, sempre e solo. Forza Inter. Ciao. Ciao.